Well, I'm glad you're tuning in because this is the final week. Now, when I say final week, some of you, you're like, final, I just, is my, I just showed up. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we've been talking about as a church, and this is the third week, about how to be good neighbors, how to love people well. And, and we've already talked about the stuff you, well, you, frankly, you might expect, like be nice to people. Don't be a jerk. Uh, perhaps some of you, that's all you need now. You're done with the sermon. Social media, just stop being. Until, and, it, and we've talked about what I think was the normal stuff. But there is a major problem still at hand that if you ever want to be a person who truly, who truly is, is the dad or the mom that you ought to be, or, or, or the friend that you ought to be, or exactly, literally, the neighbor that you ought to be, we have to address a problem that's creating other problems. Here's the major problem. Uh, we, we are more findable, like, we're more findable than, than any other generation. Yay! That, there, there's multiple examples, but let, let me bring this up. Some of you right now are, and this is weird, you're watching me on this. That, so, so if you have a phone, get a phone out. I, I want to I point out what this is doing. And, and some of you, I'm not, hey, I, okay, I have a phone. I'm not saying they're demons, they're bad. But I'm just, I, I want to talk about how you are incredibly findable. Right now, if I wanted to, I could find uh, where one of my kids is who has a phone. Right now, I could track him and find him. But it's even further than that. Like, I want you to know how findable you are because because there was an era that if you ever wanted to talk to someone, you had to write a letter to them with your hand. One hand. And you would, you, would, you would write and you would dip in an ink. You've seen the movie. Some of us are like, I've never seen this. And, and you, would, you would send the letter to a person and you're like, oh, and do they respond within 30 seconds? No. You, the letter would go in for weeks upon weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years. You wouldn't even get a reply back, and that's how you communicated. And you're like, yay, and finding a person was difficult. Then, then the phone was eventually introduced, and, and people on, on, the, on the wall in their house, the thing, it, it would ring, and, the, and there was really only one. And, and by the way, if you called someone, there was no like voicemail or anything. It, it, if they weren't home or, or didn't want to answer, it just kept ringing and ringing. And if they were on the phone when you called, there was a busy signal. Some of you are going to have to Google that. Like, what's a busy signal? But you can go ahead and Google it, or, and you can listen to it probably, and, and, and you couldn't reach the person. Then eventually, someone invented a, a, this, this message machine that, that if you weren't there, or, or even if you were on the other line, it could science would route the whole thing into this machine. And, and, and if you missed a call, you could listen to it. And, and then all, we got rid of all that stuff. Most of us did, actually. And, and you got a, a cell phone, a mobile phone. And then it kind of led to a smartphone to where now, I, if, if you have my number and I have your number, right now I could send you a message. And, and frankly, I can even watch if you're reading it. I can, if you, have, if you have the right phone, I can, I can watch if, if, you're, if you're actually typing me back or, or, or reading it, and that's why some of you don't even fully open it because you don't want me to know that you're actually reading it right now. And, and, and there's this, but, but there's this immediacy that right now, some of us, we have, we have friends, we call them friends or whatever, that if they don't respond within seconds, we're like, jerks! Like, how dare they not reply to my text? Do they not know that I need to know a good good new show to watch on Netflix. Like, do they not know my urgency? And that's just one example. That's just, that's just one example. 
of how findable you are. And many of us are like, well, that's normal. That's not always been normal. In fact, in fact, the era that we live in, this is new. And, and many of us are discovering and, and I think wrestling with the fact that this findability that we have is, it's changing us. It's draining us. It's, it's robbing us. And here's what we've learned. Very basic lesson, boundaries, boundaries, but they're not automatic anymore. They used to be kind of built into life, like the boundary of if someone needed to reach you, they wrote you a letter and you could reply at your own timing and no one was breathing down your neck going, reply, reply, reply. You gotta, there used to be just kind of a little bit more automatic, but nowadays you and I are born into a world where, where you are the one responsible, not others, because others will text you, not thinking about your personal boundaries and stuff like that. And they're like, well, you can reply when you can, but you're still thinking about it. You see the torment going on? We begin to wrestle with how findable we are, which creates this pressure and this amount of information just coming in on us. And the reason I bring it up, because you're so findable, it begins to drain you. And you don't love others well because of it. Don't raise your hand because you might be sitting next to the person that you're confessing this to. But listen, I, I, wonder, I wonder if there are people in your life right now that you hate to see the text from because you know the expectations that are arrived with the text or the voicemail. You know the expectations that you have to jump into their life right then and there and, and you begin to get drained by it and then you begin to say, you know what, you know what? I'm done with all this. I'm, I, don't, I don't love people. I'm not gonna love people. I'm done with all this. This is not a new issue, by the way, of, of being findable and knowing how, what boundaries do I set up? When do I reply? When do I not reply? Uh, how, do I, how involved do I get into someone's... I, it, there's, there's an old, old, old story. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna contrast two of them. One of them is about a guy named Moses. If you've seen the movie, you know. He's a guy that led a group of people out of slavery. I'm, just, I'm, I'm really only touching the surface on this. Led a group of people uh, out of slavery. I mean, he, he was in essence... At times, they hated his guts, but then it, at times, they loved him, and it was a, it was a mess of stuff. But he was, he was their leader, but, but at times, he was also like their pastor, and, and other times, he was, he was their judge, and other times, he was their counselor, and, and other, he was like everything to them because they had been in slavery for so long, and he led them out, so they're like, well, you gotta be everything to us. And, and specifically, like I mentioned, he, he actually became their judge. If they had any kind of quarrel or problem, well, they're like, who do we go? To? Well, we know, we know Moses. Uh, let's go talk to Moses. Moses can fix our problems. And so they, they would go to Moses. But I want you to see something that will begin to develop. The, the next day, Moses took a seat to serve as judge for the people. I just told you all that. And they stood around him from morning till evening. That's important, from morning till evening. If you are like, what does that mean? Like, all day. That's, okay. Uh, when, when his father-in-law, when his father-in-law, I don't know if you have a good relationship with your in-laws, but if, if, when, when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for all the people? Like, why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? 
Let me help you understand because you may not have read this before or gotten into the weeds of this before. His father-in-law observes Moses being judged for people day and night, nonstop people lining up and, and what he observes appears to be a problem. He's looking at, I think, Moses going, hey, Mo, because that's probably what he called him. He's like, hey, man, hey, Mo, you, you. Like, this isn't working. I wonder if he was neglecting his family. I don't know. I'm, I'm just interjecting that. If, but if he's like all day and, and, and into the night, one after the other, and people are lining up, it means that there's not enough time in the day to resolve all that needs to be done. And his dad-in-law, I mean, that's sensitive. His dad-in-law pipes up and says, man, this isn't good. I wonder why he said that. I think it's because he observed things in Moses that, that weren't healthy. He also saw that this was not even close to sustainable, trying to meet the needs of so many people. So you might wonder, if father-in-law kind of confronts him, what was his response? <laughs> this is interesting. Moses answered him, why do I do this? Why don't I have boundaries? because the people come to me to seek God's will. If you're not reading this correctly, what's my answer? Because people need me. That's what he just said, because the people come to see me and seek God's will, uh, whenever they have a dispute, whenever they have a dispute, whenever, whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me. I wonder if he said it kind of whining in a sense, like, it's brought to me. Like, the way, like, whatever, yeah, okay. And, and I decide between the, the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. That's draining. But the excuse that he extends, the excuse that he offers them, is because they need him. Because the people come to me. Because I've got people in my life saying, I need your help. Because I got people texting me, calling me, leaning into me, coming over, asking this. Because they need it, I show up. And his dad-in-law says, uh, it needs to stop. So if I were a psychologist, which I am not, <laughs> let, let me assess this. Moses was, was trying to, to love well by appeasing everyone. You ever been there? You ever seen the people in your life going, oh, I love you, I love you, and I love you, and when they present their needs to you, whatever they be, or, the, or their quandaries, and, and, and you, you just feel like the necessity to, to appease them, right? I mean, we've all been there. It's, it's an example that Moses gives us, and not necessarily good, but he was trying to appease everybody, trying to love everybody, and it was not sustainable. So he does take his dad-in-law's advice pretty much hires or appoints other judges, opens up his day so he can be a part of the things he really needs to be a part of. And, but he didn't get there naturally. So, so, so let's, let's contrast this. Let's go to Jesus. See, see Jesus, if, you, if you're a Christian, you kind of signed up to say, I want to be, be like Jesus. Jesus is amazing. Well, let's just look at, let's look at the type of boundaries that Jesus set up. This is, this is big. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. He's a big, becoming a big deal. And the vast crowds came to hear him preach and, and be healed. And 
preach and be healed. Can you imagine watching this? It blows my mind. Of all of diseases and stuff. But Jesus often, as they're demanding, heal me, um, speak to me, teach me, kind of like pulling from him. Not in a bad way, by the way. I'm not hating on that. But we need you. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Let me help you if you've never read the Bible. Jesus left crowds of people. There you go. I went to seminary to help you know that. Right? You're like, I think we just read that verbatim. No, no. I want you to see a boundary that Jesus set up. He's got people going, we, we need you, 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 we need you. And it was legit. And there were times that uh, in the midst of being needed, he was like, peace. And he, and he would go off and pray. Leaving people still in need. It's called a boundary. Ooh, let's go even more offensive. Hmm? Do you know that Jesus said no to people? No. Now, some of you are too good at this, okay? Some of you are like, yeah, I say no to everything. It's awesome. No, no. No, Jesus said no. Here's an example. He was sitting with his disciples, kind of telling them a little bit about the future, laying out very specifically a pretty harsh moment where he's saying, hey, you know, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to have to die in order to make that happen. And he began to lay his agenda out to his disciples. And he said, a part of this agenda is I'm going to have to die. Well, the disciples that are around him were like, we don't like that agenda for your life. Have you ever had someone say that to you? Like, hey, that's a neat dream, stop it. Like, I don't like what you like for your life, I have a different idea for your life. And they begin to project their agenda onto you. Most of us are like, oh my, do we have time to talk about that? No, it, listen, we, we've experienced this. Well, that's what happens in, in fact, um, here's what happens, but Peter took him aside and began to, <laughs> began to reprimand him. The son of God. For saying such things, heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. You've got Jesus, who has been around forever, shows up, no limit to his power, and, and Peter's like, hey, hey Jesus, come, come here, come here, come here. Hey, man, we don't like what you're planning. I know to us it seems like absurd that anyone would ever confront Jesus. But it happened. <laughs> this gets harsh. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Now again, for those of you who are literal interpreters and you're like, oh. So a boundary is to start calling people Satan. No, that's not the literal, that's not the literal. But get away from me. You are, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God. Jesus basically just said, no. Your agenda's not mine. No. Are you good at that? Are you good at, at saying no when you see, need to say no? Uh, here, this is culturally, like, totally, uh, you don't do this. Jesus didn't answer everyone. Some of you, like, praise the Lord, finally excuse not to return texts. Um, the story goes this way. Jesus 
was in front of the ruler of Galilee, like the ruler, emphasis on ruler, the guy in charge. The guy in charge, he asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus refused to answer. What a different contrast between, between Moses and Jesus. And I wonder if you've, if you've ever looked at this. I wonder if you've ever, like, why in the world would Jesus, who loves us, many of us would say, you know, God is love, uh, that's a big deal, but yet the pastor's bringing up kind of some mean parts about Jesus, right? Some of you might be going, I don't like this part of Jesus. Well, well what, if, what if Jesus oftentimes pulled away from people, didn't answer people, said no to people, not necessarily just for that moment, but it was a lesson for you as a dad, as a mom, as a boss, as a friend, as a sibling. What if it was a lesson for you and I of the necessity of boundaries? Well, uh, I think that's the lesson. Here's what Jesus knew. Uh, Boundaries... Boundaries guard your heart. Like, why, why did Jesus have his mean moments? Was they, they weren't mean, but, but people didn't like all the stuff. But, but why would he do that? Why would Jesus take the time? Why would the father-in-law go to Moses and be going, hey, man, like, you gotta stop doing all this. You gotta set up some boundaries. It's because it protects your heart. And you're like, I think I've heard that before. You might have. It's in the Bible. <laughs> guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. Have you ever linked the two that guarding your heart is a boundary issue? Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Could we go as far to say, I think we can, that the boundaries you put in place could affect the course you take in your life? Boundaries. I think a good way to think about boundaries is a fence. Some of you have fences. Some of you are saving up to have a fence. Some of you would look at your yard and go, I wonder who's gonna build the fence. Some of you just nudge someone going, you're gonna build the fence. Uh, Fences are interesting. Uh, You might be familiar with the quote, Carl Sandburg at least gets credit for it. Uh, Love your neighbor as yourself. Don't take down the fence. Maybe you've heard this before. I think it's true. See, sometimes we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, fences are cool, but, but I'm not sure how this relates. Well, let, let me take you into a, a story, a study that was actually done. It's very simple, very quick. Uh, some folks decided, some folks, I'm just gonna be nice about it. Some folks had decided that uh, fences at school playgrounds, well, they weren't good and healthy for the kids. They, they would make them feel restricted. And so uh, the decision was made by the powers that be at this certain school district, and they were doing the study to remove the fences. Some of you are like, my kid's not going there. Well, they removed the fences and, and, and thinking that the kids would then feel free and they could play and enjoy themselves and finally be frolicking. I don't know, just, good, just anyways, uh, but enjoying themselves. Here's, here, here's the observation. The, the, kids, the kids stopped going out as far as they used to. The field that would neighbor the the sidewalk, they didn't go out into the field. There were cars there, cars just real close. What they observed 
where the kids all of a sudden experience a completely change in behavior. In the study, there was a sentence that I wanted to share with you. Uh, It was the absence of fences that created fear and apprehension. In the kids. (laughs) In the kids, right? No, in your life and mine. I wonder if some of the fears that you have, people-pleasing, of not meeting expectations, I wonder if some of the fears and apprehension you have in life are simply because you haven't set up any boundaries. Because perhaps you're a super nice person. My wife is a super nice person. She's amazing. But what she's taught me is that you can love people, but also have these in your life. If you've got a neighbor, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But what I would tell you is there's some of the lessons here with this fence is we're not quite sure the true benefit of a fence. So let's take this a little bit deeper. For those of you who like to go a little bit deeper, let's go a little bit deeper. On demand makes self-control difficult. If you're constantly on demand, always reachable, no fences in your life because you love people, anytime you see a need, you're like, I'm on it. You're gonna lack self-control. You're gonna struggle with self-control. If it's on demand, we experienced this in the pandemic. For those of you who will recognize, has your, has your grocery budget completely exploded? Ours has. Like in this pandemic, uh, going to the grocery store, which is an event of itself, come back, that bill, that receipt, it has larger numbers now. And, and all of a sudden, what we typically planned to, to eat and all that kind of stuff, we're like buying more. And like, this, this is ridiculous. And one example is uh, Katie bought uh, Capri Suns. You guys know what, you, we know what Capri Suns are and bought Capri Suns. And she bought a month's worth of Capri Suns because we like to buy in bulk so you get kind of a month's worth of stuff. And she bought a, a, a month's worth of Capri Suns. And, and then about a week later, she comes to me and, and she is on fire. I'm wondering what has happened to someone in our family. She says, do you know what happened? I'm like, I have no idea what happened. All of the Capri Suns are gone. And two grown adults are like, are you kidding me? All the Capri Suns are gone? How dare these children? Like, and we, okay, they're just welcoming to our house. And so it began to play out and, and we began to go like, what in the world's going on? And then, and then that led to some other things like, okay, well, someone is eating all the food. It, it might be us. Uh, and so we came up with the idea. Here, here's the idea. The pantry's closed. We put this sign on a fridge. Katie made it and printed it, put it, put it on the fridge so that our kids, if they went to the fridge or the pantry, they're like, ooh, it sounds like a good Capri Sun time. No, it's not. It's not on demand anymore. There's open and close. She even put, please come again, because she's so nice, like I told you. She's so nice. Pantry's closed, but we love you, right? Uh, pantry is closed. Are you doing this in your life? I think it's something to apply. Are you doing this in your life? But some of us are like, but there are needs and I've got people in my life and they keep falling and they keep falling and I gotta help them. I wanna be a good neighbor and, and, they, and they keep, I keep helping them. And I, uh-huh. Here's some harsh truth. This is gonna be difficult. Um, sometimes, sometimes the problem isn't yours to solve. Because right now, some of you have wrestled with it because you're like the nicest of people. Like you're in that 10% of like the nicest of all and you're wrestling with this going, 
This is tough. And you're going, but I want to help, I want to help, I want to help, I want to help, I want to help. Let me take you to a popular story in the Bible. This is one of my favorites. This is about the prodigal son. The son's left. But he returned. So he returned home to his father. If you know the story, you should, or if you don't, you should go read it. So he returned to the father, he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Yeah. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. That's awesome. Did you ever pay attention to the fact the dad wasn't out looking for him? Simple observation here. Do you ever pay attention? Jesus tells a story about a kid who asked for his inheritance too early. I think the dad knew, yeah, you're going to waste this. You're going to go off and you're going to have some problems. Do you ever notice that when Jesus tells the story, the story doesn't include dad going and searching and finding and picking up and saving him. And then again, the kid falls down and he picks him up again. And then he rescues me. No, the dad, when he comes back, is like, oh, I'm so glad you're back and runs after him. Brene Brown says something, I think this helps here. Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. I think that dad had to risk disappointing others. So I want to land here because there's homework to this sermon. You're going to have to go process what boundaries should you set up. You're going to talk about with your friends, maybe family, how we do this. But I want to take you to the Bible. We're going to land here, and this is, this is crucial. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. In other words, when you live life and you're trying to love other people, it is so easy to get into the mode of I love other people and I'm not paying attention to God anymore and what honors God the most. I'm all about just meeting the needs of people because that makes me feel so good. You have homework to this sermon. If you're struggling with self-control, if you're struggling with just constantly being drained and burnt out, perhaps you don't have any boundaries. May you take this and lean into your life and say, I'm gonna start setting boundaries up. I'm gonna start learning. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, what a lesson. Lord, I think this is a toughie. Lord, would you meet us where we're at? Would you guide us? Would you, would you help us in this moment to see what we need to set up and maybe some things we need to stop doing? But Lord, I ask that you would intervene in our lives right now supernaturally, give us wisdom to set up boundaries so we can love others well. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen.